from A. Stephen. He had been to Atlanta. I told you he was doing a lot of traveling while he was here in the States. He'd been to Atlanta. And he, went to, uh, he, he was somehow an arrangement was made for him for, to be with a, with a businessman from Florida. They met in the middle. Flew to Atlanta just for a meeting to get together. And he called me. He was so excited on Friday. I called him on Saturday because we were, you know, we were having fun Friday night, celebrating the goodness of the Lord at the Appreciation Center. For those of you who, who are on a, on a, in an ongoing ministry, volunteering and ministry here at the, at the church. And uh, when I talked to him, he was just so excited because this gentleman, he's a, he's a, he's a chemical engineer. He's got several businesses he operates and his products and things go all around. He's, he says this man spends two hours a day in prayer and scripture reading. Two hours a day running several businesses and doing all that stuff. And he saw Pastor A's chart and he saw everything. And the, the guy gave him $15,000. <laughs> and it was so cool because he goes, he goes, I just got $10,000 from the Cornfield Church. And the guy went, What? And he said what he said the last time. He said, he said, that's the place where the glory comes down, brother. That's what he told him. He said, I had no idea what a cornfield church was. But so the Lord's at work, man. That paper is going to get published and people are going to come to know Christ. Is that cool? And uh, that paper is going to get printed and we get to be a part of it. If I'm a little bit standoffish today, it's because I don't feel very well. And that's why I was hiding kind of in the back a little bit this morning. And uh, I've had kind of a rough night. So, but we're going to go on because you know what? We're, pursu- we're pursuing Jesus. And he's all that matters. And we're going to keep pursuing Jesus. We're going to keep walking after him. And we're going to go where he wants us to go. So if after service I'm not real touchy, I've tried not to. I come out here and start to meet and greet, start hugging people and realize, ah, I didn't mean to do that, please. You know. Um, we're, doing, we're, we're talking about the pursuit of happiness. And this morning, we're going to look in Philippians chapter 4. So you can put your finger in there. And it's kind of funny, this month is kind of a neat month for our, for our nation. For our, it's kind of a, a, a heritage kind of a month, I guess. We get to participate as citizens in, this, in, the, in the process of elections and all that stuff. And we get to celebrate the very first thing that really had national presidents. And that's the idea of Thanksgiving, which we'll celebrate this week. And... Um, just again, kind of bouncing off of those words that are in our, our founding document, that, that we are endowed by our creator with certain, certain, certain. Do you get that? Our culture would tell us today, nothing's certain. Nothing's absolute. But we are endowed by our creator who is absolute with certain unalienable rights, among which are what? Life, liberty, and the pursuit, yes, yes, yes. And we, we've been tracking, tracking down this idea of happiness. And if you're like me, uh, you maybe have a hard time being happy at times or finding happiness. Anybody like that? I have a hard time finding happiness sometimes. It eludes me. It, it, uh, I, you know, a lot of it comes from I just don't seem to have enough. Anybody else like that? Sometimes you just don't seem to have enough, right? Enough what, Aaron? Well, fill in the blank. I don't know. Your enough's probably different than my enough. Reminds me of my, my son Eric. You know what I mean? 
We'll, we, have, we go through a, a thing at, at a dinner table sometimes where he don't want to eat, you know, what's at the table. You know what I mean? And he'll push it away until dessert comes out. Huh? You know what I'm saying? And suddenly he needs more. And he will grab the plate and he will sit there and go, and he's, And then when I say no, he's suddenly very unhappy. You know what I mean? If you're like that, are you like that? Do you become suddenly unhappy when things don't go your way or you've pushed away from something and then you know there's something there that you need or want and you push away and you become very unhappy and throw a temper tantrum or something like that? We are very fickle people, aren't we? Huh? Something that makes us happy today will not make us happy tomorrow. Something that made us happy yesterday, somehow it just doesn't fit the bill today. You know what I mean? We keep going through that process of finding just the right thing to fill the hole, to take care of the void, to make the tickets to that next level. It's kind of like, happiness is kind of like crack. Cocaine. <laughs> what I understand about that is, as soon as you have a hit of it, you've got to have another one like right now. And another one. And another one, and as quick as you can get a hold of it, you try and get a hold of it, and it won't fill the void, and it keeps, and until you have mortgaged everything away, your family, your life, your car, your job, your whatever, it's all gone, and you can't, still are not, still unhappy. And we, we're like that. I think, I started thinking about this week, we're kind of like that, that chart Pastor Ray had here last week, the heart of man chart, remember? The frog, remember the frog? The frog that will eat itself till its stomach bursts, just can't get enough. The billy goat that won't stay inside the boundaries. The pig that will slop around in filth and all that stuff. We seem to be like that. No matter how much we have, it seems like we just don't have enough. We're going to celebrate Thanksgiving this week. And you know what? Those pilgrims, those founding fathers of our nation, they were happy to just survive. That's what they were thanking God for. And some of us are upset even this morning because the, the heated seat in our car didn't work as we were coming to church this morning. You understand what I mean? Or the internet wasn't working at the house. I couldn't check my Twitter before I got here. You know what I mean? And we let those kind of things grab at us. We could learn something if we look backwards. We could look back and find out that some things are really, really important. Some things really aren't. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We get past. Maybe it is those simple things. Maybe there's mercies in disguise, Michelle. That if we just take a moment and consider the greatness of our God, we find, suddenly find blessing where we, find, where we, find, where we think is cursing. You know what, if you're like me, you don't want to merely just exist. Don't we want to live? Don't we truly want to have life? I don't want to just breathe oxygen and eat food. You know what I mean? Tim Smith was taught at the men's breakfast yesterday, and he said something about eating all we could, and he, all he was going to do was turn brown and be gone in a little while. And all of a sudden, that became real real to me. I thought, you know, that's what we do. We spend all day trying to figure out where's the next place we're going to eat. And then it's gone a little while after it turns brown. 
You got the imagery, right? Huh? And, and we keep trying to fill that. What is the, the question is then, what is the secret to living? What is the secret to having not, we, we talked about this idea of happiness last week, didn't we? What is the secret to, see, because, I got some keys, look, it, wouldn't it be awesome if happiness was as simple as like a, like a trunk? And if I could walk over here and put a key in there and unlock that thing. But the thing about happiness is, no matter what I do, I really can't unlock it. I cannot open this thing up. I mean, it's a lot. There's, let's turn around this way so you guys can see. See this? I played with this thing, and I played with this thing all day Wednesday. This trunk will not open. I've shoved screwdrivers in it, every, paper clips, every kind of thing. Some of you guys who are good at Jimmy and Locks might come up here and help me. I don't know how to, but I cannot get this thing open. And this was not the, this was not the sermon illustration I wanted initially. But then all of a sudden it hit me. This is what happiness is. Happiness really can't be unlocked. It's a fleeting thing because it, we think we've unlocked it and then tomorrow it's not there again. We really can't unlock the secret to happiness. There's nothing that can unlock this trunk. There's nothing. Happiness screams away from us. But you know what? God promises us something better. He promises us joy. And it can be unlocked. There, is a, there, there are several keys to it, but we're going to talk about one today. See, because Paul says in first, or first Philippians, there's only one Philippians in the Bible, in case you're wondering. <laughs> Philippians chapter 4, verse 12, he says these words. In the New Living Translation, it says, I have learned the secret of living. Are those powerful words? I have learned the secret of living in every situation. I have learned the secret of living. Wouldn't you like to know that secret? Here's the thing. Joy, there's a secret to it. I can put the key in here. I can pull that thing open. I can get rid. And joy can open up to me. Maybe. I can open up joy. Joy can be possessed. Happiness can never really be possessed. It can never truly be opened. We chase after it, but we cannot attain it. It's like those crazy birthday candles you guys put on cakes that won't blow out it just keeps burning it just keeps burning it just keeps burning but joy is another thing joy can be open to us and paul gives us the secret in verse 11 of that same chapter he says for i have learned how to be content oh that escapes us doesn't it contentment is something that's hard to come by for us Americans. Because while we're watching the ball game, that new commercial about that new car shows up. Or the neighbor across the street gets that new whatever thingamajig that you've been wanting. I had to repent of covetousness over the last couple of days myself. Went to a conference with a bunch of other pastors a couple weeks ago and i promise i promise every speaker was speaking from an ipad every one of them every one of them i'm just like man that is so wrong <laughs> michelle's using one this morning to sing from 
Josh is using one to lead worship at the dinner the other night on a little stand thing, which I thought was really cool. How cool would it be for me to stand here with a stand with it right here in my face like a teleprompter? How cool would that be? He even had this little click thingy on a little pedal that turned the pages for him while he sang. How cool is that? Huh? Yes. And I've learned contentment. You know, I could, I could get really amped up about those kinds of things. You know, suddenly black and white pages don't seem like it fills the void, you know? It always does. Because it's not the object, it's the content. You like that little play on words, didn't you? It's the content. I just thought of that, actually. It wasn't in my notes. It says, I've learned to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live in all, with, with, on almost nothing or with everything, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. I really appreciate Tim Tebow. I like his stand, but he often puts Philippians 4.13 on his face where he's playing ball. You ever, you ever caught him doing that? Which is cool because it says I can do all things through Christ. Contextually, Tim Tebow's wrong, though. Because the scripture does not say that God will give him the, the ability to, to, to score another touchdown so he can have more. More victories. More notoriety. More of Contextually speaking, Paul says, I can do all things through Christ. I can go without because of Christ. And I can't have more because of Christ. I can deal with whatever circumstance comes. You know why? Because of Christ. I can deal with it. It makes no difference if I'm up, if I'm down. It makes no difference if I'm here or I'm there. It makes no difference. I will not eat green eggs and ham anywhere. I'm sorry, I kind of got locked. I'm a daddy and I read green eggs and ham probably three times a week probably. And joy is unlocked as I learned to let Christ work in me and through me and out of me contentment is this thing it's there's contentment according to the new oxford american dictionary it says it's it's a, in a state of peaceful happiness or to be satisfied with a certain level and not wishing for more a certain level of what i don't know fill in the blank being satisfied with a certain level and according to the scripture, this word contentment, it, 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 there's three words that kind of wrap around itself. One's a verb, one's an adjective, one's a noun. And contentment is active, it's descriptive, it can describe your life, it does something in you, and it's something that you can possess, it's something that you can have, it's contentment, all those things. And, and, and the verb means, check this out, the verb means to be sufficient or to be possessed of sufficient strength, to be strong, to be enough for a thing, but it also means this, to, to defend or ward off. You know why your family's in a wreck, got man? Because you have to have more. You want to defend your family be sufficient with what you have. Be content. You want to be a warrior for God? Show your family what it means to walk in, 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 in contentment. Are you hearing me? Make decisions about your marriage and about your family that becomes offensive, that becomes warrior-like, that says, you know what? We have enough. We don't need another whatever. I'm not going to work 18 more hours overtime this week just so we can have a big Christmas because you know what Christmas is all about? Christmas is about Christ, and we already have him, and it's good for us. 
contentment. You hear what I'm saying? I don't feel very sick anymore suddenly. Contentment. It means to, to be to, 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 to need it's adequate. It means to need assist to need no assistance. If Jesus is enough, you need nothing else. You need no more change on the bottom of the pay stub. You need no more people to make you happy. You need nothing else if you have him. You can be content. Your life can show forth contentment. It's an adjective. It describes. When people look at your life, would they describe you as a person who is content? Would they? That you are adequate, not because you're anything, but because Christ is everything in you. We just sung those words on the screen. Are they real or are, they, are we just playing a religious game? Did we just read, didn't we just sing those? He is everything? Is that, is that, did we just sing that? Hmm? He's, the noun means just to have satisfaction. But too many of us sing old Rolling Stones songs. And I can't get no. And that's the tune of our lives. I can't get no. And then we become slaves to a job that we hate. We become slaves to a mortgage in a house we really don't want to live in. That we can't sell because the market's down. That ain't funny. (laughs) Amen, brother. Pray for me, man. But Paul says these words, with nothing or with everything, full or empty, huh? Plenty or little. Wow. I want to be like that guy. Huh? Full or empty. Plenty or little, I'm the same guy. I love football coaches. The ones I like the most are the ones that you can't tell how the game's going by watching them on the sidelines. And what I found, most of the time, those guys who last a long time. They just kind of, they're just doing their thing, man. They're not getting way amped up when things are going really good. They're not getting way down low when things are going really bad. They just kind of go and just, let's keep walking. We got a plan. We got a game plan. Let's just keep going with it. Let's keep rolling. It's going to turn around for our good. Let's just keep walking the walk. Let's keep talking the talk. Plenty or little, big or small. Let's just do it. I love that. I want to be that kind of guy. My, my problem is I'm a very emotional dude, in case you hadn't noticed. And so I find myself at times riding that roller coaster, buddy. Woo! And at a, an amusement park, that is great. In life, that's not so fun. You know what I mean? I will ride the beast with the best of them. And scream my heart out and have a blast and get off and go, let's go do that again. Yeah. Run around and get back in line. You know what I mean? One time my cousin and I went to King's Line together. He was one of, my, one of the kids in my youth ministry. And we stand in line at the beach for like 45 minutes or an hour. We get in. He walks off the other side. I went, what are you doing? He said, man, I ain't riding this thing. I said, oh, yes, you are. He said, no, I'm not. I said, uh-huh, I just went in line for an hour with you. You're going to ride this thing. No, Aaron. No, I said, uh-huh, you're going to ride this thing. No, I don't want to. Uh-huh, you're going to ride this thing. I said, sit down. <laughs> okay. And we get, we get, we get, in, the, we get in, the, in, the, in the car. And he put, the thing comes down on your lap. You know how it goes? And he goes like this. Oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus. And we come out of the little thing and around the corner. Up the hill. Oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus. 
This is no lie. But we're halfway down the first hill. You know what I'm talking about? Can you go out on the beast? He's like, yeah! Soon as we pull into the thing, he goes, dude, can we do that again? I said, absolutely. But in life, that's not fun. Because the next mountain isn't tall enough to create the exhilaration or the adrenaline. And the next thing I know, I find myself down deep in a valley somewhere, going through a dark tunnel. That I don't know if I'm going to get out of it, if I'm going to make it, and, and, and I have a heart, and it looks like the, the opening for me just to get out is about that big around, and is a pin light, maybe, of light coming through it. Plenty or little. Nothing or everything. Full or empty. Proverbs 30 says these words. The leech has two suckers that cry out, more, more. There are three things that never are satisfied, it says. No, four that never say enough. The first thing's the grave, the Bible says. It never has enough. The funny thing is, the next three things will lead you there. It says the barren womb, which, which signifies disappointment. Life, you want some kind of productivity out of life, and it never materializes, and so you keep one trying to get more and more. Then there's the thirst that is not quenched, that talks about a different kind of a passion or a desire that you have. No matter what you get, you can't drink enough, you can't have enough, you just keep trying to... And it, the blazing fire that talks about a passion that just eats you from the inside out. If it's not submitted to the Holy Spirit of God, if it's not submitted to the Word of God, it will destroy your life, and it will take you to that other place that's never satisfied, called the grave. You will go there, I promise, at an early time, because you know what? You just can't get enough. Proverbs 27, 20 says, Just as death and destruction are never satisfied, so human desire is never satisfied. Human desire. Now, godly desire is another thing. And Paul talks about that in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. If you want to flip over there with me, we'll look at it together. Paul's talking about his ministry, and he says these words, We live in such a way that no one will stumble because of us, and no one will find fault with our ministry. If you choose not to be content, your witness will be destroyed, I promise. You will make some kind of bad decision. You will make some kind of bad business decision, some kind of bad job decision, some kind of bad family decision. And all of a sudden, the things that you, were, you thought were bringing you happiness will not, and you will start a path of destruction that will destroy you, destroy your family, destroy whatever work you're doing for the kingdom, may destroy uh, all sorts of stuff. He says, we live in such a way that no one can find fault with our ministry. And everything we do, we show that we are true ministers of God. He goes on to say, we patiently endure troubles and hardships and calamities of every kind. We have been beaten, put in prison, faced angry mobs, worked to exhaustion, endured sleepless nights, and gone without food. Sounds like a fun time, wasn't it? Let's go on that trip together, why don't we? I'll have a sign-up sheet at the information center. will only cost you everything, okay? Let's keep walking. We prove ourselves by our purity, our understanding, our patience, our kindness, by the Holy Spirit within us, which we spent a whole month last month talking about what the Holy Spirit will do in us. You ought to go download those, those sermons or get a CD from the thing, the ministry center, and find out what the Holy Spirit does for you. Because what Paul's talking about exactly requires the power of the Godhead through the, the person of the Holy Spirit. We cannot accomplish what he just described. 
all by ourselves. It's an impossibility. You cannot be content without the help of Jesus Christ. That's what Paul said. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can choose to be content. Man, I'm preaching good. <laughs> be full or empty, plenty or little. Huh? Through Christ who strengthens me. And I feel good about this today. I don't know about you, but I, it's, 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 I'm getting encouraged while I'm just reading this word of God. This content. Man, he is good. You know, he's good. We faithfully preach the truth, he goes on to say. God's power is working in us. Hallelujah. We use the weapons of righteousness in the right hand for attack. And to defend and ward off, brother. And the left hand for defense. We serve God whether people honor us or despise us. Whether they slander us or praise us. We are honest, but they call us imposters. We are ignored even though we are well known. We live close to death, but yet we're still alive. We have been beaten, but we have not been killed. And he goes on to say, our hearts ache. But listen to this next line. But we always have joy. Yeah! Some of you are up, I think a bunch of Buckeye fans are missing this morning. Hmm? My man Daryl was wearing his OSU yesterday. Huh? Bow Bo shirts. <laughs> Some of you are without joy this morning. Your heart aches because your team failed to accomplish the goal, and all of a sudden everything's tore out and been out of shape, you know? Listen. Our God still rules and reigns. You know what I'm saying? Some of you are upset because you couldn't get that stain out of the carpet at the house. And it's ruined your... Every time you walk by it down the, down the hallway, you're like, oh, how much that carpet costs? And, you, and you've just walked by it, Dea. And God says, I got more power for you than that. Are you hearing me? Huh? She's guilty. We're all guilty. But the truth of God stands. We are poor, but we have spiritual rich. We give spiritual riches to other. We own nothing, and yet we have everything. Ah, that'll free you up right there. Look at it. Look at what, what, what Paul talks about. He he says our concentration is this. Our concentration, our whole life is concentrated on one thing: being what God wants us to be. That's what we concentrate. That's what we focus on. All we are consumed with is not making the next purchase, not working more overtime, not getting in that vehicle, not, 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 not pleasing that boss, not doing all that, not making sure, you know, oh, what's that guy's name? Jeff Allen. If mama, what does he say? Happy wife, happy life. Can't make her happy. Can I? Can I? Huh? Amen, sister. I can't make her happy all the time. She, if she's making her whole life and my ability to make her happy, she's going to come up empty. Completely empty because I can't do it. It's impossible for me to do that. But Jesus is there all the time. My concentration is on him. I can never be a good enough husband. I can never be a good enough father. I can never be a good enough preacher, a good enough pastor. I can never be a good enough anything but Jesus can be all that, everything. My concentration is on him, 
being what he wants me to be. And I'll guarantee you this, if I am so confident on being what he wants me to be, the rest of the things will begin to come into, come into focus like they, like they should, like they need to. His position was a place of stability and humble in all cir- uh, humility and stability and hum- humbleness in all circumstances, he says. He says, we patiently endure troubles and hardships and calamities of every kind. His disposition is this. It's one of purity. Hmm. We prove ourselves by our purity, by our understanding, by our patience, and our kindness. His disposition is a, is a loving, faithful. He goes on to say, we faithfully preach the truth. God's power works in us. He's, he's, he's empowered by the Holy Spirit. He, he lives a life that's submitted to the, to the power of God's movement and God's heart and God's life. That's his disposition, his action. He's not being passive or lazy about this concentration of being what God wants him to be. He said, we serve God. That's who we serve. What happened to do all things heartily as unto the Lord? Huh? What happened to Jesus being the boss and not that guy you can't stand or that girl you can't stand? And so all of a sudden your, your joy is stolen because you've got to face them every day. And you kind of float through the hours because you're just not getting what you want or what you think you deserve or whatever. And then all of a sudden your joy, you've lost your joy and all of a sudden you forgot whom you serve and why you do what you do and you're just frustrated and angry at everybody. Coming and going up and down through the hallway at the office or at the plant or wherever it is for you. You serve God. You don't serve them. And he is true and faithful. He will make sure who's serving him get what they, what they need. Even if no man pays any attention. Are you hearing me? I'm trying to free you up today, see? Huh? Tomorrow work should be a joy. You know why? Because you ain't serving some guy or some person. You get to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. You get to walk with him and know him and be his light in a dark place. And he, when he is your sufficiency and when he is your help, it changes the whole scenario. Man. What's your action? Are you being a lazy servant of God or are you being passive? Your service, Paul even talks about it in Timothy. He's given Timothy some, some ideas. And you know what? You might think, think of yourself as rich, but listen. 95% of the rest of the population of the world will look at what you have and be like, what in the world? What is that? You know something? 4,200 4, people, almost 4,300 people inside of Ross County. Check this out. Listen to me. 4,300 people inside the boundaries of what we call Ross County. 4,300 live on less than $5,500 a year. 4,300 people right here. I'm not talking about Kenya. I'm not talking about India. I'm not talking about Indonesia. I'm not talking about Colombia. I'm not talking any of those other places. I'm not talking China. I'm not talking... 4,300 people right here live on less than 50% of the poverty level. $5,500 a year for a family of four. So what I'm about to say to you applies probably to almost everybody I can see sitting in this room right now. Almost everybody. I don't know, I mean, I, okay, now you guys think, okay, the preacher knows, like, are you, are you looking at everybody's W-2s, or what are you doing, and all that? <laughs> I, honestly, I don't know. I, I, it's between you and Jesus, really? But you know I'm telling the truth. I don't know what everybody makes. I don't, I don't care to know. Because my determination is not to treat anybody differently because of what they give or what they don't give. 
You're all saying to me. I just honest. I'm just telling the truth. I'm never going to make a decision about how I take care of somebody or what I do because of what they give or what they don't give or what they, how they act or what they have or what they don't have. I'm just not. I'm not, I'm not perfect. Don't get me wrong. I got, some, I got some own issues. But, so don't start thinking those kind of crazy thoughts like, okay, how does he know that? Listen, all of us, 1 Timothy chapter 6, Paul writes these words. Yet true godliness with contentment itself is great wealth. He says, after all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world, and we can't take anything with us when we leave. So, if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. That's kind of a minimalist view, isn't it? Food and clothing. You're going to have those things? He says, be content. Walk in joy. You got food and clothing? Be happy. You know, I don't know if I can do, even turn that Bobby McFerrin song into that, into that, I don't know. Got food, be happy. <laughs> I don't know. But people who long to be rich fall into temptation or trapped by many, many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. My son, I tell you, sin lives on the inside of it. My, my, my oldest son this week looks at my wife and goes... <laughs> I love money. <laughs> Rachel's like, what? I love money. Can I have more money? And he's, you know, he's, he's trying to earn money because his sister wants a new iPod. So the time she buys a new iPod, he wants to have hers. That's his plan. That's his goal. That's everything about life right now. Centers on that one thing. And he don't honestly would say that at some point in time in our life. Oh, I love money. Money makes me feel good. Money makes me feel good when it leaves. I'm going to talk about a piece of scripture in a minute. I'm going to hit it myself. When it leaves, when it goes where it's supposed to go and does what it's supposed to do, it makes me happy. And some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. They are not content. They are unhappy. They, are lot, they have lost joy. All that stuff, they're pierced with sorrows. Verse 17 says, teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to be put trust in their money, which is unreliable. Their trust should be in God and who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Give us all we need for our enjoyment. You get that? Joy meant give us all we need for our enjoyment. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so they may experience true life. You want to experience true life? Start serving people with what you have. And that's just not money. Some of you are rich with other things, you are rich in affection. You are rich in prayer time. You are rich in, 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 in uh, I don't know, what all else? What, musical talent. You are rich in being able to build stuff. You are rich in just start serving and giving stuff away. Just start giving your life away. There's a spiritual principle. There's a scriptural principle to that. Serve others. He said our action is service. I love it. He goes, our conclusion is, about this whole matter, is we always have joy. His conclusion is that we always have joy. 
our hearts, we, we have been killed, we've been beaten, we're close to death, but we always have joy. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? What a, wow, we are poor, but we have, we, we give spiritual riches to others. We own nothing, and yet we have everything. And Matthew chapter 6, the, Jesus shares, he says, don't store up treasures here on earth where moth eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasure in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Where your treasure is, your heart will be also. I saw Andy Stanley do a message a few weeks ago where he put a big heart on the stage like on a stand. And he says, you want your heart to be happy? He said, start putting your money where you want your heart to be. Your heart will follow your treasure. He said, if you find yourself unhappy in this world, start making sure you take what you have and you put it in kingdom eternal business and your heart will soon follow. You won't worry about happiness here. You understand what true joy is. It made me so pleased last week that we as a church in the cornfield, the cornfield church could take of of our substance and give to a ministry who's going to make sure that Another 100,000 people come to know Christ. Man, nothing makes me joy, more joyous than that, more happy than that. <laughs> Pastor A said he brought a couple down here from Columbus who brought him here the last time he was here, and they kept driving and kept driving and kept driving. They're like, where are we going? He's like, we're going to the cornfield. Apparently so, you know? And right here. Nothing makes me more joyous than that. Nothing makes me. Um, and he said, we have an eternal perspective. Our treasure is in heaven. So don't worry about these things, saying what will we eat and what will we drink, what will we wear. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows what you have need of. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. And those are good promises. He will take care of you. Eternity is a long time, and our eternal focus. Man, how did that get away from me? Jesus, help me. You suffered along with those who were thrown in the jail, and when you all owned, and when you, when all you owned was taken away from you, you accepted it with joy. Hebrews 10, 33, 34. Can you imagine that? Everything you owned was taken away from you, and you do that, you just let it go with joy. You knew there were better things waiting for you that will last forever. So don't throw away this comfort, confident trust in the Lord. Re- remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to, to, know, to do God's will. Then you will receive all he has promised. Here's the bottom line, people. Your joy can't be stolen from you. It can't be taken from you. You know why? Because you have to willingly give it away. And you give it away every time you put your trust in something other than Christ. When you put your trust in your job, when you put your, stuff, your, your trust in your spouse, when you put your, your, your trust in your, in your job, in your, in your house, in your stuff, in your flat screen TV, in your favorite football team, when every, when that, that, on that carpet you spent so much money on, when you put your trust in those things, listen to me, you will lose your joy, not because it was stolen, but because you gave it away. You gave it to something else to lord over you. Your joy cannot be stolen. You must hand it off. You must let something else have it. Your joy cannot be taken from you. You must willingly give it away. 
So how are you giving your joy away? How? What things have your trust more than Christ? What people have your trust more than Christ? According to his riches and glory. Paul said, we trust him. Our joy is always there. Contentment is a, key to, is a key to possess joy. It's not the only key. It's a key. You want the trunk of joy to be unlocked in your life? Find contentment. This week, you got to be more thankful this week than any week you've ever lived in your entire life. God has done more for you. I love Dave Ramsey. He's helped Rachel and I a ton just by applying simple principles. But I tell you this. One thing I love about notes is every time somebody asks him how he's doing, he says these words. Better than I deserve. That's a heart that's content, man. And he's a guy who suffered bankruptcy, was in millions of dollars over his head. You know what he knows? He knows how to be full. He knows how to be empty. For some of you, you're not happy because you've been too successful. It's been said that the true measure of a character of a person is not how, how much they fail, but how successful they are and what they do in their success because they just want more and want more and nobody can please them and make them happy and blah, blah, blah. Oh, where are you? Is, it, is your success taking your joy? Is your endeavor to excel taking your joy? Is your endeavor to do something other than serve God uh, taking your joy? Contentment is, the, is a key to possess joy. I'll talk about another key, key next week. But this is a key to unlock that trunk. It's contentment. Let me ask you a question. One reason you're not content is because you are not serving Christ the way he wants you to serve him. You're still pursuing your dreams. You're still pursuing your visions. You're still trying to use what you have to make yourself better. You're still trying to, 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 to hold something over somebody. A bunch of you have taken, we've, we've had to print, I don't know how many different sets of spiritual gifts test. You know what some of you need to do? Stop sitting on them stinking things. Get up off your butt, and I will say that in church, and get about the kingdom business with the gifts God's given you. And there's a list on the back of the, the bulletin right now. We'll tell you who to contact to start utilizing those crazy things. God's put in your, put in your lap. Get up and do something. You're without joy. You know why you're without joy? Because your life is all about you. You're not helping anybody else. Oh, woe is me. Nobody cares. Nobody does. Okay. You're probably right. But if you care about something, you ought to get about doing something. Turn the focus off of you on how bad things are and get your focus on how much God's given to you and then give it to somebody else. And then your joy will be full. Jesus said those words. I know I'm not preaching... You know what, your, goal, you know what your, 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 your thing is to win disciples' sin. What should I be doing, Aaron? You should be winning people to Christ. You should be helping those who are one understand the, the depth of the things God's done for them and, and walking along the path and point out scriptures that mean something to you and, and help them encourage in the path. You should be about helping us send A. Stephen and, and Armstrong Tigg and Philip Cameron and, and other people to other places to get things done. You should be about that. Some of you, maybe this week, instead of having your big family shindig, maybe you ought to find yourself in the Salvation Army. And not worrying about whether the potatoes get cooked right or not. Because the Salvation Army's giving away food on, all afternoon on Thursday. Looking for help. Just found out that on Friday. Some of you should do that. Instead of worrying about if the house is neat and tidy and clean and what everybody's going to think about when they show up. And let that steal your joy all week because you just can't, can't get to everything, get everything done. I'm just saying. Can you imagine a group of people who refuse to be deterred or distracted with these kinds of things and, 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 and are adamant about walking in joy, walking in the power of God, walking and serving people and serving Jesus with all their guts and all their strength? I don't know what that looks like, really. 
This week, I want to encourage you. Find contentment. Find contentment, number one, the person of Christ. If you don't know Jesus and you're sitting here right now, we had, here's, here's something to rejoice about. You want to be content about something? Last ser- second service last week? Second service last week? Four people who weren't sure they were on their way to heaven became sure they were on their way to heaven. And Garnet, she's sitting right here. Huh? You got joy this morning, Garnet? She, she's like, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Her sister Juanita was sitting right next to her. And Keith Brown was sitting back over there. And Heidi Brown was sitting over there. And they said, we just want to be sure. We just want to be sure. Can I be sure that I'm on my way to heaven? Can I? Yeah, I want to jump over the pews, man. Just come over. Yeah. That's stuff to be excited about, man. And you get to participate. Get up off your butt and start serving people and serving Jesus with all your guts. And stop worrying about what you don't have and start worrying about what you do have. Stand with me really quick. Man, my wife's going to whoop me later. Probably whoop me right now. Let's pray. Stick your hands up towards heaven. If you, if you want to be more content, Jesus, we, we lift our hands up right now, God. God, because we are not content with what we have in you yet. But we found we try to find contentment in all everything else, God, but we've not turned the content of our lives over to you. Jesus, right now, we surrender completely because we know, God, in you we have all that we need. In you, Jesus, is everything that makes life full. In you is everything, Jesus, that sustains us and and helps us and strengthens us. God, make us a people who, whether we're empty or full, whether we have much or little, God, whether we have nothing or everything, that, Jesus, we get to walk with you and you make us capable of serving in your kingdom, of knowing you and being content in all that goes on in our lives. God, right now as we approach Thanksgiving, I pray our hearts would be flooded with the things you have done for us, the things you have provided for us. God, the grace you've bestowed upon us. God, in this moment as we start this week building towards a Thanksgiving feast or however it would materialize, God, in our own lives, God, we rejoice knowing you. We rejoice in hearing your voice. Jesus, for those who are here right now and they've not found their joy in you, they've not known you, Lord, I pray, God, they would hear the voice of the one calling to them in their wilderness place. Prepare the way of the Lord, God. And I pray, Jesus, they would give their whole selves to you today. Not because they're worthy, but because you are. Not because they're holy, but because you are. Not because they're perfect, God, but because you are. Not because they've got it all sorted out, Jesus, but because you will help them sort it out, Lord. And I pray they would give themselves to you right now. Jesus, we bless you and we honor you. We give you glory and thanksgiving, Jesus. Right now, just tell Jesus, I'm going to find my contentment in you. Just talk to him right now. However your words come out of your heart, determine that now, from now on, everything you need you will find in Christ. You will seek in Christ. You will look for in Christ. Holy Spirit of God, give us what we have need of. We trust you. And we love you. God, let a refreshing wind of your spirit come across your people. Let them be excited about what they do have, not about what they don't have. Let them be excited, Jesus, about what you are doing, not what they they haven't accomplished. God, I pray, Jesus, that, God, the spouses will find their contentment in you. Stop putting pressure, God, where there doesn't need to be any pressure. And those, God, who've, who've tried to work hard and make things just perfect and still can't do it, God, I pray, God, you'd give them relief. And you'd alleviate the heavy burden off of them, Jesus, and strengthen them. God, let tomorrow, let today be a new day. God, let grace follow us wherever we go. Patience and purity and understanding, God, that Paul talked about. But we're open to you. We trust you. It's in your great name we pray, Lord. Amen. Go serve somebody.
with what you do have. Go be something that God wants you to be because he's given you much. Go be thankful this week more than you've ever been thankful.